Okay, we're good. Everybody can relax now. I can't. I'm uptight about whether I should get this white 64 gig. See, that's the problem. That's why he hates it. It's not because of the fact that it's giant or anything like that. It's because it's white. I had a white phone. It was fine. The illusion of like screen to device is much better on the black one. I will say that. Yeah. Because on a white one, you can see where the there's like a black border around the screen. Yeah. No, it's. The other thing is 64. I want 128, I think. What did you get? I got 64. Up from 16. This is a huge upgrade for me. You had me. 16 last time. Yeah, I've never had higher than 16, unless no. it was an 8. I always had the smallest one. How about you? I have a 64 up from a 32. Why didn't they make 32? Well, why didn't they make... Ah! Why didn't they make, yeah, 32 instead of 16? It doesn't really make any sense. They were Six... talking about this on the talk show. Did you guys listen to it? They were nah. talking about it on ATP as well. Oh, damn. I'm so behind in my topics. I don't really listen to the talk show. I don't know. I just find it... I don't know. I don't know. You don't like Gruber? I it's didn't say that, that. It's not that I don't like Gruber. Like, I'm nonplussed about Gruber. I'm not all like, oh my did, God, he's did amazing. Did you just say nonplussed? Because I'm nonplussed as well. I yeah. really want to be plussed. <laughs> <laughs> I pre-ordered my plus. I lined up from five o'clock in the morning for my plus. But I'm nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> did you make it to Sydney? Wow. Head of Apple Retail. Was that the Sydney wow. show? Should have gone and given her a piece of your mind. <laughs> I wrote to Tim. Did he reply? No, no reply yet. <laughs> you still holding out hope? No. Did did you did you start your email off with Tim? I am. Do you do you know who I am? I am the co-host of a very important development podcast. Oh, that was that was why he. Had, I thought it was my mistake. I should have done that. <laughs> oh, see, you should you should have done that. He would have been all like, "Oh, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll get you one right now." They would have manufactured it for you out of solid gold. Mm. Mm. The dream. <laughs> <laughs> and also they would have named iOS I Jake. <laughs> you guys are funny. Anyway. Hi. I'm going to do the thing at the start because that's supposed to be when you do it. You were listening to Mobile Couch and this is a show where we talk about development for mobile devices and also for the 6 Plus, which is enormous. <laughs> You mean it's so big it's not mobile? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on how big you are. Like, Just wait till you see the iPad Pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Is it going to be... Maybe that's what the next 27-inch Retina thing is all about, is actually not... It's a, a giant monitor. iPad. It's a giant iPad. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this show is hosted by Jake McMullen. Hello. Who is very tired, apparently. Uh, no, I'm gonna. I'm getting my second wind. Okay, and Ben Trengrove. hello, and myself, Jelly, aka Daniel Farrelly. And this is episode forty-one. Just in case you were counting, Jelly counts. He needs to for the website. <laughs> I I do. I don't really do it by choice though. But also, I just kind of know how many episodes we've had. The giant iPad was rumored for ages. Yeah, there, there's there is has always been talk about having a like a pro for businesses and stuff. I don't really see the point, but you know, like, like a 27 inch one, right? That was oh, the rumor. I, I completely see inch. the point. I don't I, know about I, 27 inch, but maybe 15 or like something. I completely see the point. There are so many touch screens, big touch screens in the world. Yeah. And if you have to, if you had to develop for a touch screen, what operating system would you want on that touch screen? Definitely not windows. Right, or <laughs> like almost anything else that people, the technologies people actually use to develop for large format touchscreens are, no, are nowhere near as mm. designed for touchscreens as iOS yeah, is. Yeah, but is iOS, do you think, do you really think that iOS would suit a large device like that? Maybe like, not I the home imagine. screen, but they're like, you know, make a custom app, it'd be good. Yeah, all the, these big touchscreens that I'm talking about often are just running a single, like a kiosk style app, you know. From cash registers that you self-serve so cash use, registers. What would you use a large, large thing for? What about you get a massive one and use it as a conference desk? So, in other words, like the it's Microsoft the Surface. Surface. Yep, I used one of those. It was awesome. Yeah, but I was that, part that, of that the didn't um, have research or anything on it. That just had like some sort of like a Surface OS type thing where they, it was just all about like it was specifically designed for the. I, I think so. I didn't, didn't run use a testing for that thing. I was part of a group at Sydney Uni. Oh, really? Yeah. 
It was really fun. We had to herd sheep collaboratively. Did they? There were sheep running all over the table. Did they know you were from New Zealand or something? Yes. And we had to like herd them somehow. <laughs> it was cool. I thought it was a really cool idea that seemed to go nowhere. They were very expensive, if I recall. They were mm. hugely expensive and quite cumbersome. Yeah, because the one I had was projected from the bottom. Yeah, I think yeah. they all were. So you needed yeah. not only the a big, a big display, but you needed a big depth. Mm. Yeah, the new they've got. I think Microsoft have some new large format touchscreens under development or in prototype form, where they use um cameras behind the screen to detect multiple touches. Isn't that how they do it now? I'm fairly know. certain that's how they do it now. Okay. Cool. I didn't know that. But I saw some like wall-mounted display, like a big TV, kind of flat screen TV size thing. You know, Microsoft Video looked kind of cool. Hmm. But yeah, like, I mean, there are big screens all over the place and some of which you can touch and interact with. And certainly if I had to develop for something, I'd rather it be running iOS than whatever they run. Windows. CE. That was the one for <laughs> integrated devices. Symbian. Remember Symbian? Yeah. Did, did either of you ever develop something no. for Symbian? I didn't either. I had, but I remember it being terrible. Uh, so my first mobile device, if yep. we're gonna, if we're you know going down memory lane here, okay, sure, was a Scion. That's a type P- of car. P S I O N. It was a handheld computer. Was it? Mm-hmm. Never heard of this. You could get custom cases for it. Mine was blue. I had to send it off to the UK, and someone made like took off the black case that it came with and, and put on like special. They do that with one. like Macs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you um, do that. It ran, I think, gosh, I th- I can't even remember the name of the operating system now. I think it was related to Symbian. Maybe Symbian was the big Symbian. one. For a while there, Symbian was huge. Yeah. Um, it was terrible. It had a physical but it was keyboard. Huge. Like wow, a nice, that's the, a the pretty keys fancy actually, phone. The keys, like, depressed. It wasn't a phone. Ah. It was like a handheld computer. So hmm. it was like one of those. Did it run Snake? That's all you needed in an old yeah, phone. That's true. That's all you really yeah. needed. No, it had like a word processor. Snake got me through many, many church services. How good was Snake 2? That was like... I don't know. I, don't, I, re- I never got I always to Snake 2. Snake. I just always loved the original Snake. Oh, Snake I actually 2 was brilliant. Even, I, I worked in a phone store for a, for a few years, right? Um, and you know how they have those bins where people drop in yep. their phones for recycling? Um, somebody dropped in. Sometimes some people would drop in like phones that are perfectly good. And so I found one day a Nokia... Oh, what was it? I can't remember the number. Thirty-three ten. Yes, they were the, like, that was the they most were popular the, one, the most popular phone ever, and they just never died. Mm-hmm. And I had that for, I probably held on to it for like ten months because I'd just keep it in a drawer and pull it out and play Snake on it. Nice. But my first, my first kind of mobile computer was a was a Sony Ericsson. It was a little email thing that was designed to be like a BlackBerry. <laughs> it was kind of. Dodgy. Had a palm palm thing, whatever it was called. Mm. Palm Pilot. Palm Pilot. The Wikipedia article for this. I think I had a Scion Series 5. Add it to the show notes. notes. Hmm, Memory Lane. But I think think this Memory Lane thing is important because soon iOS will be memories for for Ben, it seems. (laughs) Yeah, what's this? You're switching to Android. Yep. I'm switching to Android. So uh, this is how it went down, right? On on the Friday morning, where the phones are being delivered, Ben and I are both like both pre-ordered our phones and had them delivered via courier to wherever we were. I was at work; he was at home, possibly in pajamas. Who knows? Um, no, I'd already been out because I went and checked out the line, so I'd come home. Yeah, you brought me coffee mm-hmm. in the line, oh, which right. I was lining up from mm-hmm. five a.m. <laughs> Only to be turned away. I got to the line about. I, I think somebody seven. might be a little bit. Uh, I might be a little bit bitter. <laughs> anyway, so we're having we're we're having this discussion on on Twitter about how like who's going to get their phone first. Yeah, I believe I won. I believe you did. By a long way. But mine mine didn't come until like twelve o'clock, like yeah. lunchtime. Hey, it's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> That's a small phone you've got there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel inadequate? <laughs> So and then, like, not even an hour later, you're tweeting that, you, like, you're you're all like, yeah, I, I didn't think like I might it. try an Android for a while. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. My first impression was terrible. I can't remember what now. 
For one, I hate the camera thing. That's just stupid. The fact that it sticks out. Yeah. Mm. I mean, who's ever said my phone is too thick? It needs to be a little bit thinner. Half a millimeter thinner is perfect. Like, just make the phone a little <laughs> bit thicker, stick a bigger battery in it, and then no more sticking out camera. So what's the problem with the sticking out camera? It wobbles on the desk. And when you yeah, put when it you down... Put it, it's, when you put it face down... When you put it down, desk. the first thing it hits every single time is, is the, the camera. camera. That's that's 90% of the reason why I've put a case on mine, because it the camera sticks out. And so if you sit it on your desk and you're, like, tapping on it, it, right. it so shifts like a wobbly often. table. You put your phone flat. To, I don't even know if I do it. Maybe I'll notice that I do it when I get one with a sticky out of camera. I definitely do it all the time with developing. I just sit it on my desk and right. run, tap. Oh, it's not working. Rerun. Maybe See, I I keep mine in a dock when when I'm developing. I've got I've got these little docks. Oh yeah, on my yeah. Desk. Maybe you need one of those little standy things. Well, and that way, like. I can kind of pick it up and use it, and just then sit it standing up so I can see it. I didn't really like the power button was on the side because when you push it, you end up pushing one of the volume buttons accidentally. Although I can see why I don't they have did that it. problem. Mostly because I can't use mine one-handed. Um, at first, I didn't like. The curving edges made it feel cheap for whatever reason. Like, it doesn't feel like a solid metal phone anymore. It could have been made out of plastic and you wouldn't know. But that's actually grown on me because I really like when you swipe back. I'm good. I'm feels good smooth. That. Mm. That's I, nice. I think maybe I, I think I maybe understand where you're coming from with that because the, the 5 and the 5S had really machined kind of edged corners. Yeah. And so I can understand that, like, that felt like it was like a solid kind of piece Whereas the rounded thing, I think, is designed to make it feel like it's just like it's part of your hand or something. Mm-hmm. And you don't really, you're not feeling like the sharp edges. And I didn't like the size. It was too big. I still think it's too big, but it's slowly growing on me. But anyway, the main problem was how buggy it was. Like, as someone, I guess I'm a developer, maybe I notice it more, but it was shockingly buggy. So this is iOS 8. Like, I would consider it unreleasable. Have you been using iOS 8? Yeah, and it was worse on my 6. So I've also got had a litany litany? Litany of problems with iOS 8, and I'm really frustrated by it. And I kind of feel, I don't know, I don't want to be a grumpy old man, but I am a grumpy old man. I've got like this list of, I kind of feel like maybe Apple's a little bit off their game. I agree. They're totally off their game. I think, I think maybe, maybe they bit off more than they could chew. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That that they're absolute. Like we were all super excited about the amount that was announced at WWDC. Yep, we've been super Mm -hmm. excited, and it was a lot. Yeah, like like be don't be at all like surprised. It was a huge amount. It really was, and I'm still excited by all of the new stuff we've got. I think they've got some fantastic technology and I'm loving using it. But there's so much just weird bugginess. Like, yeah, I, I was kind of, um, I upgraded one of my devices to iOS 8 um, the other day uh, and I got a blank terms and conditions screen. It's like, you know, you've got to agree before you can proceed. It's like <laughs> mm. blank, just with the agree button. That's bizarre. The worst one I saw was the, um, and so a lot of the bugs I saw, I was like, fair enough, I guess I'm kind of a, edge case user yeah but this one was straight up every user would do this which was when you open the app store on ios 8 i guess on a new phone it says you can download pages and numbers or whatever and then you click download all and if you haven't verified your payment info it pops up seven modal displays telling you to do it and then because one of them's trying to do it they all start failing so every single one then opens an alert view saying could not process whatever it said and so i had to sit there going okay 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 well, I mean, for starters, I think I had most of the Apple apps on my phone already. Mm. Um, I hadn't. I didn't have any of them. Yeah. So the way that I I set my phone up was I did a backup with all of my apps and everything, and then just loaded everything on from the computer. I tried to do that, and it failed. It took so like, long. This is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, no matter I what I do. I mean, that's the so the whole upgrade process, like the fact that it needs five gigs of free space. Yeah, that was that ridiculous. Seems, and I. I have a real question, and I'd be interested to know for those developers who have been getting stats about, um, I think in the past, there's been quite a few developers, uh, is it underscore David Smith? One David of them? Smith, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that publishes stats about adoption of new OSs. Yep. I actually think that iOS 8 will have a slower adoption. No, so see, because I, of, it does maybe, from what I've read. Maybe it does, but for instance, GIFWrapped, and I don't know, like, I don't necessarily know what the adoption rate was for iOS 7. Um, or at least amongst my users, but I looked at my 
I looked at my uh, stats, which are very vague. My my stats are the crash. All I have at the moment is Crashlytics stats, mm. um, and the Crashlytics stats are pretty good for what they do, but they don't really give you any sort of really in depth insight. Um, the one thing they do show you though is what kind of percentages of your daily users are using what version of the operating system. Yeah, and so. Previously, they were pretty much all using 7. Well, I mean, they were all using 7 because it's only a 7 app. Um, once the beta started, the iOS 8 beta started, it kind of grew a little bit. It's probably at like 80-ish percent. I read someone today saying it was at 20%. I don't know where he got that number from. It's just yeah, see, I, I read. I'm, I'm, I'm going to open my crash, my crash well, stats. Open up. Um, I'm pretty sure David Smith's doing it again. Has he not put it online yet? I don't know. I haven't seen. But I mean, I think it's pretty, like, that's a pretty big requirement to have five gigs free. Um, so I actually went down the path of, I heard people, you know, uh, tweeting the tip that if you don't have five gigs free on your iOS device to update over the air, you can update on your computer. Yeah. I didn't have enough space on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need, like one gigabyte? No, I needed like, I don't know, I needed actually, more than five it's gigs. It's actually two, like, it's actually a two gig thing. Okay. You download on your computer, whereas it's only like a gig. And I'm pretty phone. sure you can't actually update the iOS, the version of iOS on your device without first backing up that device. So even if you've yeah, okay. it made the box it followed me. that it's, says don't sync to this computer or backup to iCloud, yeah. when you try and do an update, it first wants to do a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed like 32 gig at least to backup my iOS right. device onto my Mac. So I had to hook up an external drive and create a symbolic link so that my iOS device backups go onto my external drive rather than my internal drive. And then I finally got it installed. And then um, the device I installed on has crashed like four or five times each day since upgrading it to iOS 8. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just feels a little bit perhaps Okay, so maybe I, was, maybe I was overstating at 80%, but it is higher than 50. It's It's at 56 today. I don't know about yesterday. I've seen lots of my family saying they're not upgrading this time because they were put off by iOS 7. See, I don't Mel, know where that Mel opinion comes from. I don't know that she's had... I mean, she's. Had oh, I think problems, it's good but, too. I'm happy but, to be on it. I just think it's very buggy for a public release. Mm. Yeah, no, it is. And I think it comes down to, I think Apple may have bit off a little bit more than they could chew this year. Um, because, I mean, obviously they had like this massive development force behind Swift mm. um, going on. But then... On the same time, they're also trying to push out like one of their probably their biggest updates in a while. Yeah, to their software, like to both iOS and macOS. Too. Yeah, like yeah. it. That's a huge undertaking, and I feel like maybe, maybe that was too much for them. I mean, the other thing that really surprises me is things like iCloud Drive, like iOS eight during the yeah, setup process you- prompts you to switch to. Yep, but then that to fa- enable it. that causes but, all of your iCloud on. Well, there's Mavericks actually text in there to stop. say that this won't work until you upgrade your Mac to Yosemite, which is not available yet. Yeah, so yeah. they're like putting in the face of all of their users. Yeah, some text saying. Yeah, doesn't that seem stupid? I'd be interested to know, really... not so much the percentage of people who are going to iOS eight, but the percentage of people who unwittingly have moved to iCloud Drive. And then fail, like realize that it basically stops their Mac from being able to access any of that data. So my um, guess is the people that just enable the new stuff without understanding it, right, probably aren't using iCloud. Yeah, on that's Mac. what I thought. Really, the only one would be PhotoStream. I reckon people use that. Is PhotoStream even included in that thing? I don't know. I don't, I don't even think it is. So it is supposed. To, the new PhotoStream is supposed to be built on iCloud. Drive. The new one is iCloud, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I don't think but the I old don't one think was. Turning on iCloud Drive stops PhotoStream from working. And okay. I reckon that's probably one of the only things people but use I mean, iCloud like, for. Pay, I think it's you know pages, documents, and numbers, documents, mm. and yeah. things like that. But you really think that nobody nobody really uses that? Oh no, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure people like you and I do. People who are if focused in using technology and I don't, <laughs> but, I, but <laughs> I think I'm never works. I think I might ask around in my office tomorrow and see if this is going to be the case because I would be willing to guess that the majority of iOS users do not have a Mac. Okay, so they own an iPhone. Okay, and install apps over the air, install iOS updates over the air, 
never tether it to a computer and the computer sitting on their desk well, this is probably clear, is I, a Windows machine. Honestly, you know? like that that's I, I can't say no that that's not the case because you just have to look at the like the sales numbers, right? Yeah. Like they sold four million right. pre orders. So the the bug which we're focused on of iCloud Drive, meaning that your Mac stops being able to access documents that are in iCloud. Yep. Is obviously only affects a slither of and also iCloud Drive is out for Windows. Is it already? Is I it? read that. Yeah, right. better check that fact. But yeah, it's it's on I'm Windows not, before I'm Mac. Right. I'm not looking it up right now. <laughs> there you go. But I, I, I've also like I've noticed a few things like just in developing because I'm doing an update for GIF wrapped. Obviously, I've been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. One of the things that I've I've noticed that I noticed when I moved across to um, using the uh, update updated version of Xcode um, is that with the eight SDK, one of my uh, m- one of my views I use a so in GIF wrapped you know the preview window I'll look at Ben because he actually uses the app you know the preview <laughs> window you I know do. the preview window uh, and how you can like you've got the like the scaling like the zooming view yep. so you can zoom in if you or whatever um i use that same view in that app and the multiplex app that i built okay um it's broke in with the 8 sdk it, when you try to scale so the way the way that you center the way that i have it center had it centering uh the image in the scroll view is by uh essentially offsetting it offsetting the the rect yep um, so that it was in the center. And when you do that with iOS 8, it doesn't animate the offset. It just animates the size ah. when you're zooming. Does so when you double jumps? tap, when you double tap, it will jump to where it's going to be and then scale from there. Right. And it's really weird. Mm, that does sound weird. And that's clearly a bug, right? Like that's not, I mean, Don't know. It, it has worked previously. And now Maybe it, it was working, working using undefined behavior, and now the behavior is defined. Total stab in the dark. <laughs> I don't. I doubt that. I don't. I don't feel like that could, that's the case. Could totally be a bug as well. I think there are lots. Because this, this, like this is code that I think is used a lot of places. It would seem because all the code that I've I could find really, except for one implementation, which I'm currently trying to implement in my own work. Um, Every, everybody's using the rect offset. Um, I'm moving it now to using edge insets, right? Mm. Instead of offsetting the rect of the content, uh, the content views. So that way, the content is said to. Using so you're saying edge that insets. scroll views no longer animate their when you change their content offset when you're zooming. So when I animate the zoom, yeah. Which you can do, like there are methods on scroll view to do that, like yeah. zoom to rect and stuff like that. Yeah. When you do that, it doesn't animate the offs the origin point. It only animates the size. Hmm. Or at least it, it is for me. So maybe somebody else out there in in the world is not having this issue, but <laughs> this is something that like has basically put a stop to me doing oh, some of the stuff that I want to do because I've got to fix this thing that I thought I had nailed. Yeah. Which isn't annoying. The, included in that list of things you want to do is the uh, animated GIF keyboard, right? Oh, touchy subject. Wow. <laughs> oh, <Cut> is it? <laughs> there has been plenty of GIF apps out there previously, right? I was not the first one to do it. There just weren't a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. You've set the bar. I set a bar and then everybody's trying to leap over the bar. Yeah. And that's fine. That's great. You know, competition and all that. but. Yeah. It does it's, hurt. Yes, especially when you're being slowed down by these crazy scroll view zooming. Oh, and you know, and the fact that I have now a you know, a, as Casey would call it, a job. Hmm. That slows things. Down I don't know. Too. Do you guys listen to Analog? I was listening to Analog today. I actually haven't. Um, I've subscribed to it in my podcatcher. I really, I, I'm. It's growing on me. Like I, I always liked it. I had some various issues about it bef- at the beginning, and kind of they've. But they've matured in the last few episodes, and I think it's really good. I have not listened. So, would you recommend listening from the beginning or just starting now? I think the first one that I I suggested to Mel that she listened to was the last episode, which I think was five. 
it's the first episode with a guest, which is Stephen Hackett. Um, it was really good. This one was really good about balancing your work life slash work other work balance. Um, no, it's really good. I'll check it out. So, before we started all complaining about iOS 8, we mm-hmm. were talking about Ben going away from iOS to Android. Yeah, I'm going to get an Android phone and try it out for a couple of months. I have an Android app I have to do, so the like well, that makes sense. incentive is to finish it, then I can go back to iOS. So, mm. like, th- this, is, this is kind of a thing that I, I wonder, maybe in developing, developing other apps for other platforms, right? One would hope that a lot of the people that are making really good apps are using iOS, and that's part of the reason why they're making good apps. You know, they're designing for a platform that they know and love and you use You mean daily. good apps for iOS? Yeah. What? You said the people who are designing good apps are using iOS. Yes. As in there's no good Android apps? No, 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 no. no, no, no let, me, let, me fin- let me finish. I'm just like saying what the audience is screaming. Yeah, but <laughs> give me a second. I was screaming that too. I think I know what you mean. I, what, you you what would I'm, hope that people... Yeah, what I'm thinking is like the people that are dev- developing really good apps for iOS are probably and designing good apps for iOS are probably using iOS. Yes, And agreed. I would hope that they're using iOS on a daily basis. And yeah. they're, ma- they're totally making agree. apps for a platform that they know and love. Yeah. Right? Yep. I think the same thing goes for Android. Agreed. Which is what I was yes. trying to say, but clearly failed. Yeah. With the exception of maybe... Pocket casts. No, which, no, when he no, develops, but, he, but he does like he does switch between yeah. the two. Like he, yeah. uh, I don't necessarily know that Russell, you know, uses. I mean, I know he doesn't use one particular device and then just stick with it forever. Like sure. he and shifty, he does swip, shifty jelly is more than just Russell. So no, I know they certainly do use Android a fair bit. Um, but they definitely use Android and they develop for a platform like they they use it and develop for a platform that they clearly have some love for. Right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more and more, I, I really admire Russell's take on mobile development. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving his blog posts. Um, he They're really good. certainly goes out of his way to be somewhat controversial on the internet. He that, does. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. Hey, but do you know that he called us too nice? He called us too nice. Really? Yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> Maybe I should stop being so, so nice. Um. But I, I want to have an open mind about, like, I don't want to be a a blind fan of a particular platform yeah. and, and unaware of what's going on Agreed. on other platforms. So I'm, I, I too would be keen to spend some time using another platform. Um, I just use the best one, which for years and years has been an iPhone. And I'm not convinced that's still true. That's what I'm going to go find out. Fair enough. Yeah. Be interesting to know what you, what you find out. Mm. And I'm kind of tempted. I'd be tempted too. I am a bit worried. I'm like super stuck in the ecosystem. Like I, I completely. Am. I think that would be the, one of the biggest hurdles. The biggest one over. for me is iMessage. I have a lot of group chats that are just yeah, like become part of my social. Yeah, but at least groups with with Yosemite, we're going to be able to yes chat exactly. with Green Bubble people from our so computers. That's what someone said to me. Like you'll still get them you'll on your computer. Person. So maybe it won't be so bad. I, yeah. What about for me? It's photo stream. I yeah, like, never use that. I share photos with my family who don't live in the same city as me, you know, and photos of mm-hmm. my boy. That and, you don't want, like, out on Facebook or right. whatever. Right. It's just like a private group of photos. And whenever I post a photo, it appears like they get a lock screen notification that they've got a photo. It's integrated nicely with the app that's already on their phone. It's integrated with Apple TV, which I have, they have. Um, So I couldn't think of a way of, like, if I switched to, say, Android for a while, how would I share my photos with my family? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably have to get them to install some other third-party. Yeah, photo so you don't want to do that and set up. And then music, I I've got an iTunes Match subscription, and so I've got quite a like my whole collection of music is an iTunes Match thing. Can I? Get I think that this, on is the, this is this is the thing, right? To? And I've said this I've said this several times. Like a lot of the decisions that Apple makes are not so much to try and uh, get you into the platform as they are to stop you from getting out. Oh, definitely. Um, Google do the same thing. And I, yeah, exactly. They do the it's same thing. Everybody does the same thing. The whole idea is to... But I wonder how much of it is, is... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too... Um, That's not, 100% not to keep you in the system. Because I kind of think that they want to give you a good experience too. Well, they probably use that as an excuse or like yeah, that's how course, they feel like, good at night. That's also how they like that's also part of the reason why they like how they actually implement their keeping yeah. you in the ecosystem. If they thing. control if the If your whole experience system, is terrible, 
doesn't matter what the feature is, yeah. your experience is terrible and that's going to actually drive you away. So yeah. a good experience is kind of crucial to that plan. I, I, I totally see, like, there, there is, I, I guarantee you there are meetings within both Apple and Google and whatever other companies, like, okay, how can we lock in? We're losing this many percentage to I the other I actually think platform. there was um, some slides leaked as part of some legal thing with oh, really? an Apple internal presentation. Yeah. And they talked... They, I think they used the phrase of lock-in. Yeah, no, it, it's totally a thing. And it. I guarantee you that they, and they, like, they are thinking about that. I don't have and shares in Apple, but if they weren't doing that as a shareholder, I would think, like, that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess the... the um, as a business. The realist... Like, yeah. the, sorry, the, not the realist, the optimist in me, the sort of naive view is kind of hoping that... Um, that the approach would be: we'll just make our platform the so, best, so awesome see, see, that never you want to come leave. here. And we won't need to. We won't <laughs> need to play these silly lock-in games. I read because... an article from Ash Farrow, one of a former guest. Yes. Um, who am I allowed to say friend of the show? Yeah, sure. Yeah, every, everybody's a friend of the show. Jake. <laughs> see, that's what you say whenever I say it. <laughs> I was reading an article by Ash, and I'll see if I can find it. He posted a blog to his blog. Uh, he posted a blog to it. A post, post to his, his blog. blog. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he, and it was pretty much about the same thing about how he I think it was to do with the watch and how he was disappointed like now he realises that Apple is a company yeah and I I'm t- I, I mean I kind of have always known that I mean I yeah, love Apple course. like I love Apple and I love Apple products and like you can like I yeah. mean we're an Apple household and yeah I'm certainly- all my friends think that I'm a fanboy and all that sort of stuff and I'm certainly a big fan myself but, mm, but I've always known that they were a company and that they had kind of ulterior motives. And you only have to like look at some of our discussions about like how they service America first. We talked about that last week, sure, in fact, yeah. like last episode. And actually something that came up today that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I have been trying to find out a bit more about iCloud accounts. We might get to this a bit later on as the reasons why. Um, but I set up an, a new iCloud account to test some stuff out with. And then I wanted to like, Get rid of it, like delete, disable, you know. Yeah. Goodbye. So, right. Goodbye. So this there, was a whole new Apple ID. Uh, yeah, a whole new it. Apple ID. There's no way to do it. There is no way to to say goodbye to Apple. We, you know Whereas that, if that's... Google did the same thing, right? Like I'm sure they've been much criticised for making it hard to to ask Google to delete all of the traces of you. Whereas I think they've now responded and there is like I think a Hotmail was the first to do that. Yeah. I remember trying so, to delete a Hotmail. And I could account. be wrong, but I actually spent half an hour looking for a delete me button. Right. On so Apple. Facebook. They've got one. You Just, both we've talked about the fact that I left Facebook yeah. like a few episodes back. Um, yeah. it was a couple it was a couple of months ago at least. I, I did notice, I think. You did. You mentioned that <laughs> yeah. you noticed yeah, no, that the, the, the mobile couch page just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, or rather, you got an email yeah, telling it was shut down or something. Anyway, so I left Facebook and uh, so I cancelled my account, which is a you deactivate your account. Yeah. Right? They give you a button. Whereas- they give you a button. It says deactivate your account. They show you a picture of five of your friends on Facebook. Looking sad. Saying, such and such will miss you. Ben, ben will miss you. And yeah. I did. Jake, Jake will miss you, Ben. Yeah, mm. that's actually like because because and then they're never possibly going to interact with you through any other mechanism. Yeah, right. Facebook. I was like, I I was looking. The pictures for me were all like family. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to see these people again. How sad. Um. So the other day, I needed something from Facebook because I I thought I got all my data out and clearly I didn't. So I logged in. Like oh, I jumped that like in, restart account? I just, I no, I logged into my account. All you have to do, literally, to reactivate your account is log in. But I, I don't know how you expected that you could log in once you deactivated. I thought like deactivate would be remove this account, it, like well, would, make it like it no longer exists. Facebook wouldn't you do have that? a delete account so, somewhere. So you can, like you can deactivate your account, right? Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, the person will disappear. If you go look through your Facebook friends, you will not find me at all. Right. So it's different to logging out. Yeah. But for me, all I have to do is log in again. I don't have to start back. a new account and everything is back exactly how I left it. Yeah. yeah. It'd kind of be nice if all of these companies did give everyone a nice way to say, delete all traces of me. I don't want I think Facebook to do have a delete somewhere because they did come under 
I yeah, I feel like that. I feel like you're probably right. Because the know original where it is, is Hotmail. Hotmail was like you deactivate your email address, but it's still actually active for sixty days, and you have to not log in for sixty days, and then they'll delete it. If yeah. anyone knows how to get rid of an iCloud account, let me know because I created a fake one. That I mean, it doesn't bother me, right? It's a fake account. I won't log into it again. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I should clean up after myself and just get rid of that account. We well, would think that they would want you to like if you're never going to log again, like get rid of like it. that way. That way, like they're not storing all this data that's yep. not like that's no longer useful. Like, how useful are all my photos and stuff that are in Facebook going to be to Facebook? In they're going to sell them. Like some of your photos yeah. must have, might have the most photogenic subjects, great composition. They might want to sell it as stock photography. I Do Facebook still own the photos? Because they did a while back. Right? I don't know. Hmm. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, um, speaking of iCloud, the reason I, I was trying to create a fake iCloud account was because I was trying to enable family sharing on so iOS 8 new family sharing feature where you can yes. share. I activated that for my, my wife and I, Mel. Mel yeah, I. it's pretty cool, isn't it? So it is really cool. The idea is that it will let you share. It. So up until now, I've basically logged into my Apple ID account on all the iOS devices in the household. So that so they've never had their own iOS to uh, iOS passwords. So, uh, you can have separate, right? The iTunes, the App Store account, and the iTunes account are linked, but they needn't be the same as the iCloud account that the device is set up with. Uh, so you can actually so I install apps on my phone, right, with two different iTunes accounts. That's just. Confusing. That's because one of them is going to be from the US. Yes, one of them is from the See, US. See, I don't use really apps from the US. I, I use an US account for like media. Yeah, I mainly use it for media, but I occasionally use it for apps. Like, for example, face, yeah, Facebook's, um, paper. Facebook's paper wasn't available in Australia yeah, at launch. Okay. I don't know if it is now. Nope. See, my trick to do that was to download. I've got one computer. My media computer is set up with my American account. Yeah. I download it to that computer hook into that computer using uh using shared home home sharing. Yeah. Uh download it to this computer, my my computer, and uh and then install it on the on the phone that way. Right. The old school way. From yeah. iTunes. Oh you sync it to you tether. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I mean you can you've always been able to sign in and out of your App Store account on an iOS device and install apps using multiple accounts. But yeah. it's a pain. Whereas right. now with family sharing, it kind of there's a fully supported way of saying. Wait, you can family share U.S. to Australia? Probably not. I don't think so. so I'm I still think going to do my dodginess I, for the I U.S. Looked, thing. I looked it up. Uh, I actually looked it up because I was interested in this. There is there was wording somewhere I can't tell you where where it is anymore. Uh, that you, whoever is the organizer, your locale yeah. is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Uh, is shared with everybody else and your credit card, obviously. Yeah. So this is interesting. We should get back to the geolocation of App Store accounts later because I think there's more to discuss there. But the family sharing um, works great between adults in my family. I'm happy with how that works. But I wanted to add a child to my iCloud family sharing account. Yep. Um, Mainly, my son is three and doesn't actually do much on his iOS devices and I don't think he's at the point where he's going to install an app and seek permission from me, like, you know, go through the app store and search for the app and do install and then go ask. Wow, you never know. Yeah. I think he's ways away from that. They're doing it younger and younger (laughs) these days. (laughs) But um, I was kind of interested to see. So there are already um, on iOS, like, you can do restrictions. So I I could lock down an iPad that I let him use. Yep. That's uh, not his iPad, it's mine. And so he can, he can like, use make purchases and stuff. Right. So when he's using it, I can make sure that he can only launch the things I want him to launch. Right. And he can't get into Safari or right. YouTube if I don't want him to or whatever. Um, but I kind of thought that maybe iCloud family sharing it adds in some improvements to that. Maybe there'd be ways I could configure his device remotely from mine or like, you know, install. Yeah. So I wanted to add him. Uh, Turns out I can't because apparently I'm not an adult or Apple aren't convinced that I'm an adult. But you're like the oldest person in this room. I know. What does that make us? Well, well I, the question I is, technically do, do we you, are the actual Do you babies. have credit cards? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then you're, well, then you're adults. Kind of. I, I have a joint credit card with my wife. Right. Yep. That's very adult. 
That is, is very adult. I'm super. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like the pinnacle of adulthood. Yeah, that's more adult than me. Whereas, Says the guy that eats Fruit Loops. For <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, um, yeah. So apparently, in order to prove, so there are a couple of things that confuse me here. Yep. One is before you can add a child account, you have to prove that you're an adult. And I'm not quite sure I understand why that is. Okay. And then secondly, to prove that you're an adult, uh, Apple asks that you have a credit card for your billing details in iTunes. And I have a Visa debit card, which, depending on where you are in the world, may mean something to you or not. In Australia, Visa debit cards are basically the same as credit cards. Well, they're credit like, cards that are hooked up. Instead of being like on a credit account, they're hooked up to a bank account. Right. So it means instead of borrowing money from the bank to make purchases, I'm You're using just my money, your money. But yeah. it still it uses the, the same Visa system. Visa system I think where... at least here in Australia, you have to be 18 to have that. No, I don't think so. Really? 16 by memory. Oh, okay. That must have changed because I'm fairly certain at some stage that was a requirement. Yeah. Because some... If you process it offline, yep. merchant can't tell that it's a debit card and not a credit card. Yes. So you may potentially be able to buy goods you can't actually pay for with it, whereas an actual old school debit card that doesn't have the visa facility would, you could never use right. it offline. So maybe yes. that's why it was restricted to people above 16. Anyway, so it interests me that Apple... um the twofold. One is that they require you to be an adult before you can add a child's account to your high cloud family sharing. See, I don't know. And two oh, is that they I, I use credit card. About that. Well, I understand the credit card thing, right? Um, I don't necessarily understand like why you need to be an adult to prove you have a child. Like, you pretty much like. So you even, don't. Even you don't some have teenagers to... have kids, right? And you don't uh, need to prove that you're an adult to create an Apple ID in the first place. So yeah. Say I was a twelve-year-old and I was trying to sneakily somehow set up. Well, even then, devices. like, what about all the kids that have devices now? Do they not have iCloud accounts, or are they using their parents? Probably some of them are using like regular iCloud accounts that just they're just loading like so the terms uh, gift, and con- fat, the, gift cards on the terms and conditions say that you can't create a normal um, terms and conditions iTunes account unless you're over <laughs> over thirteen. So I think this new child account is a new concept that's only come out. With family sharing, right? Oh. Um, yeah, but previously, the all pe- like the, I know, I know several people who were under that, age, right? Like under twelve. I mean, that's just, who have had like iPod touches right. and stuff. And that's my point. There is no mechanism currently pre- preventing uh, non-adults from creating new Apple IDs. Absolutely not. Um, so you'd not and even require the terms to and have conditions. Wouldn't really do it if right. one if a kid wants to. But there is something and a technical mechanism to stop people who do have an iCloud account from associating another one with it as a child as account. A child account. So as um, a restricted account of this yeah. yeah. Which I find kind of strange. So I understand so I don't know why you would need to verify that. That kind of escapes me. But I do know kind of why you would verify using a credit card, right? Uh and especially a company like Apple who are essentially global. Yeah. Like there are pe- going to be people in almost every country in the world going to be using this setup. Yeah. Um, a credit card can only be held by somebody that's over 18 and that's pretty much global as far as I'm aware. In fact, like I would go so far as to say, I don't actually know if any countries don't have that restriction on them because it's kind of set partially by the credit card companies and there's only really a handful of those anyway. Yeah, so um, it, it, I can certainly understand why um, ha- the presence of a credit card associated with your Apple ID is a convenient way for Apple to check, yeah. to verify that those people who have credit cards must be adults because yeah, otherwise well, how mean, would they get their credit card? Plus on the top of that, like you can verify a credit card pretty much instantly. Yeah. Like you can verify that it's an actual credit card basically straight away. But it does interest me that Apple are kind of um, delegating the checking, like they hold accounts of lots and lots of people around the world. And obviously they're starting to want to know whether the people that hold those accounts are legal adults or not. And so instead of coming up think, with some like, other mechanism. How would you think that they could come up with it? I, what, I don't know that they can. Like that's the thing. I think that they're, they're in a position where I guess they have to use something like a credit card company. You know. Well, that's the thing. Like I don't I, – like – like honestly, like what is there that can tell you a person's age, right? As far as something that basically everybody has, 
uh, and passport. Yeah, but nobody, not or everybody photo, has a passport. Photo ID. But how do Apple Official. check that? Like, do like do they add this thing? Like, how, there are actual. How do the credit card companies check it? Well, because they require that sort of stuff when you actually sign up for a credit yeah. card. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of interesting, right? I think we're on a we're at a little bit of a turning point. Whereas, some point in the future, companies like Apple might be the the primary identity that you use. I don't necessarily so for think things so. like for Apple Pay, for example, like uh, your Apple ID is currently used for interactions with Apple, but it will start to potentially be used for interactions with other things around the world. Um. So will, maybe, will they, they... maybe you're suggesting then that Apple do what I've seen some payment companies do. Um, some payment companies that like, if you want to get into like, like the PayPal? Bitcoin market and stuff like that, I don't know about PayPal, but the way that they'll check is by actually requesting documents for it from you and you will end up having to wait like three or four days. Oh, there's some really cool online services now yeah. that can verify your ID without yeah. having to yeah, wait. It's interesting. Maybe, I think that... um. Down the track, I can see Apple being wanting to take more ownership of verifying identity. Mm-hmm. You know, who is the person right. whose Apple ID we've got? Actually, who they say they are? How old are they? Um, touch what touch ID is associated with that stuff like that. But in the meantime, it just personally, it's kind of annoying because I'm not going to be able to use this feature. Of um, I can understand that it's annoying. I think you you are probably an edge case. Maybe not like an edge case, but like at least a yeah a large percentage of the population would have adult population a, have a pretty cards, quick fix. I could imagine is, is they could have some system like some tick box in the Apple ID back end, which yeah. is is adult yes no, and they could have something where if you front up at an Apple retail store and say I want you to tick my is adult oh, box, yeah. they could say show us some photo ID. Well, yeah. Yep. You're you. Yep. You're an adult. I'll log I think in and the tick thing that box. surprises me about all of this, right, is that you were calling on you were calling uh, the iCloud support guys. Oh god, they took. I was on the hold for an hour before they even realised that this was a thing. And at the end of the hour, they said, "Yes, we require a credit card." I'm like, "Yes, I know that was my point in the first place. Why?" Um, like it seems weird that you couldn't then say, "Well, you know." Check, take my box, please. Yes. I thought I was kind of hoping that there was a box. The other thing in my case I was going to say is I see the date that my Apple ID was first created and, and I, I take guess... that date away from the current date and see if that number of years represents an adult. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure That's my pretty first good. Apple ID was created. That's pretty good. This is this is Jake just just ensuring, telling everybody that how old he is. Uh I, I, yeah, I, I can understand why that's annoying. I can understand like why they would do it, and it's kind of easy to do. I understand. Like, well, clearly they've got there's new things that are coming out. Maybe, mm. maybe that'll change in the future. Maybe once these sort of things start becoming a bit more. No, um, I think I'm just gonna have to grow up and borrow money. <laughs> See, the thing is, I like I just get a um, I, I free have a credit card unless I had the like it came with the the home loan that I had to get to in to buy this thing just get one with no annual fee and never use it there you <laughs> just, go. just so that i can prove to a- apple yep. that i'm an adult yeah i could it kind of seems a little nuts well i i've yeah it does. We, we can we can test out later that whether or not it works with with my credit card and see if so what works. i was testing was seeing if i could create an apple id as an adult and then edit the birth date to make it a child can you no mm, they're clever you can't change your birthday but you could, like, if you created the... It's not like they ask you for verification that you are the age that you enter when you create the account. Right? No, they don't. Mm. So they're just hoping that you will be... Uh, you'll be truthful in that sense, which I guess then, you know, leads to, well, okay, let's pre- let's imagine that, you know, people are kind of, you know, liars, mm. which, you know, they can be, mm. and uh, go that direction. Mm. Anyway, I thought it was kind of interesting. Yep. Um but I did want to talk about the watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's le- at least it's not beacons. Mm. Um just very briefly, I wanted to uh, I've been listening to listening and reading um about people's reactions to uh, the Apple Watch. And some people have been expressing concern that Apple's foray into fashion is something to be worried about. That it means that um this company that was once so focused on technology and utility and producing things that are 
that are really great to use is now concerning themselves with things that are just purely aesthetic and about fashion and not have any practical utility. When has Apple not focused on things that are aesthetic? Yeah, I can't, that's kind of my point. My point was um, I don't think the two are separate. I kind of don't think it's a, a question of utility or fashion. I actually think that they are, they are combined, and Apple has always combined the two. Um, and I, I think, j- yeah, and I think that's a really like that's sort of a really odd question, given that most of the people that I talk to, for instance, Mel, like I asked her about the, the watch. And yeah, she wants one, but she also recognizes that it's not it's not pretty like a watch that she would like yeah. that she would buy. And she like she worked for a jeweler for a yeah. long time, and she's got like a really nice, you know. Definitely pretty for a smartwatch. Pretty watch. It's pretty for a smartwatch. So yeah. I think that- it looks a lot better than a Pebble, but it's not. It's not aesthetically like focused. It's so I think very that much on the the concern and criticism stems from the fact that there are um, distinctions made in the pricing, or, or people are speculating at least that there'll be distinctions in the pricing that don't relate to utility. That um, you'll be in a situation potentially where Apple are asking you to pay more for one model of watch over another just because it looks different or it's made of different materials. Well, I mean, gold's an expensive material. Gold, well, yeah. Right. But also... But so are you paying more there for... What are you paying more for? And I think that's where people are... What people are reacting against. And I don't know... This this conversation just... Not really just quietly. Everybody's going to hear this. So, you know, not quietly. Just not quietly. Uh, This conversation is ridiculous. Like, and I'm not saying this particular, like the conversation we're having through the three of us right now, the conversation of speculating and getting, getting all, all uppity about the fact that Apple are going to release a watch that's like, what, $10,000 is the current, current rate that everybody's like, oh, this is the right. It's all speculation. Yeah, who like, knows what they're going to charge Every single piece of it is yeah. speculation. They've said agree. that it starts at three forty nine, three ninety nine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. something like that. Like, everything else... Literally everything else, from the cost of the goods, the the uh, the cost of the you know parts that make the the yeah. whole, to the final cost of the watch, like every part of it is speculation. Yeah, I completely like, agree. I understand that we're all like, oh, we need to figure it out before Apple does it, so that we can be all you know be all ahead of the curve. And you know, I was right. Like, uh, it, I, it doesn't. How how much does it really matter? Like, if you get a watch and it's not as good as the gold one because it's not like. Twelve thousand dollars or whatever. Are you gonna feel? Are you gonna feel worse because you've got the the cheap one that does um, the same thing? Personally, no. But in answer to your question, how much does it matter? I guess my original point that I want to get back to is that I think how you feel about it does matter. So if you're the sort of person that's going to feel good about uh, a watch because it looks a certain way, or because you've paid a certain amount for it if that influences how you feel emotionally about it, then not only does that matter in terms of um, how you feel, I think it also probably matters in terms of how you use it. It affects the utility. So I I read a book that I want to tell people about because I thought it was really good called um, Emotional Design, and it's by Don Norman who wrote The Design of Everyday Things. Okay. Um, And one of the fundamental premises in this book that I found really, really interesting um, the title of chapter one, for example, sums it up, is that attractive things work better. So what he was citing was actual uh, evidence. People did research and measured how effective people were at achieving certain tasks. And if you feel good about something, if you, because you're emotionally responding to it in a positive way, you're actually going to be able to use that thing to do whatever you're wanting to do more effectively than if you feel crap about it. So I guess, yeah, I find this kind of interesting that people were viewing this issue of fashion versus utility and is it just frivolous to have different colours and different materials and, you know, um, worrying that Apple's moving away from their technological roots into being just a fashion company. Whereas I kind of feel like Apple's always got the fact that the both have to work together. That if something makes yeah. you smile and makes you feel good, that you're going to approach it in a mindset where you're, I guess, more prepared to deal with whatever it is you have to deal with. Whereas if you approach it going, mm, this thing looks ugly and I don't want to use it. But I mean, that that's kind of... 
I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I agree wholeheartedly. I think that you're very, very much right. Excellent. Thank you. Finished. <laughs> Except Ben doesn't agree. I can tell. Um, I just have a different point, but I do agree with what you said. You don't have to What's agree. your point? Oh, my point is I see the difference. The problem with the fashion thing is that, like, if you think of an expensive watch, right, like the current Rolex or whatever, that thing is used upon timeless. Like, you yes. can hand that down generation after generation, and it's still going to look as good. Yeah. I don't think an Apple Watch will. I think no, it, I can. I agree next with year you. we're just going to throw this thing away. Yeah, yeah. Apple Watch 2.0. Yeah, I, I worry about that as well. That in terms of the like the expense, if you're going to put a lot of expensive materials into something and people are going to pay a lot of money for it, you'd want it to last a long time. Yeah, but it won't. But it won't. I just, I so, feel like I feel like what what we're doing though with this whole conversation that happens not. Again, not this conversation, but the general conversation about how much the Apple Watch is going to cost and all that sort of business. Like, surely it's not kind of over-expecting, like over-expectant of me, is that even a word, to think that Apple has considered all of this rather carefully. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I'd be interested to see. I, I, I just... I think they've thought about it and are doing their best to maybe get around have, it. Maybe they'll have this thing like if you buy an Apple Watch edition, edition, mm-hmm. the, the, edition, the edition? expensive gold one, mm-hmm. what you're actually buying is a right to use the current model whenever. So you, at the end of when they release a new model, you send back the one that you had and they give so you the like new one. So it's like a lease. So it's like you're it's leasing a, time, a watch. timeless, you can hand down... I doubt it. I very much doubt it. It's like that. a membership to like the Apple. Like Creative Cloud for Apple. Right. Stories <laughs> get the latest and that version. Way, so they'll, it's $10,000 it's, it's $10, a year. They'll recycle yeah. the materials and... And build you a new watch. Yeah, it'll handmade. be environmentally friendly because they won't be wasting precious metals. I think... I mean, for starters, like I, I disagree with the fact that it's going to be $10,000. And I kind of think the price... I, I think well, these are separate issues. Whether or not... um. Apple, it's a good or bad thing that Apple's considering fashion. Yeah, I think is a separate issue from what's the upper limit going to be of the price right. of these new products. Because I don't think that the price of the watch or the fact that the gold one is going to be, however much, is going to affect the feelings that you have about this device that much. Unless you're really disappointed that you couldn't get the gold one because it was way too expensive for you. I don't get why you get a gold one when you're just going to throw it out next year. Yeah, I don't know. That's the difference. Like, they make gold watches because they last forever. Yeah. That I, doesn't apply to a smartwatch. I know. I understand. I'm I don't kind of don't get the whole understand. watch thing. I'm, I'm kind of worried it'll never make it out of the sort of tech area to become mainstream like smartphones have. Yeah. Yeah. Because, even, like, watches even aren't even... speculation, I think. Yeah. It's, of course. I can't see the future, but... Like, watches themselves are sort of on the outs. Yeah. And this is like, phones weren't on the outs. Phones were, like, well in and only getting better. I think that the threshold is um, Apple has got to convince people to put something on their wrist because yep. a lot of people don't wear anything on their wrist. Right. Um, I, None of us I are. usually don't. I've got a Fitbit on at the moment. Oh. Um, Whenever the Apple Watch was announced, I went and put my watch back on because I wanted to practice having something on my wrist Yeah, again. I don't think it's going to be the I same. I lasted less than a week. Thing. I don't think because... it's going to be the same thing as wearing an old school watch, though. It's going to no. be worse. Well, I don't know. I don't know about worse. So, It'll so definitely be heavier. The formula for... It's... Oh, my watch is pretty heavy. That's I why guess. I he, he, was, he went and put on one of the metal band watches that you can get that are all like full yeah. stainless steel. Yeah. I mean, you can get the full metal band stainless steel type watches that yeah. like that from but the, with thing, the Apple Watch. I mean, I kind of find it annoying to have something on my wrist. You wouldn't have to. to. To be honest, whatever it is on my wrist, I find it annoying. And I'll cope with that if the functionality, if the utility it gives me and emotional response response it, um, outweighs the annoyingness of having something on my wrist. And if the utility is that it tells me the time, that's not enough. No, of but course not. maybe Apple's offering which is it'll tell you the time and it'll tell you what the text of that message that you just got is mm, and it'll I think, let you and that's 100 percent more to do with, with what's on the inside it's it's what's on the inside that counts 
Like, honestly, like, you can put as it many might, different look, bands and whatever whatever fancy metal that your metallurgists have come up with. Metallurgists. Is that the word? I can't remember. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, I was like, is that even... Totally a word. Uh, you can put whatever you want on the outside. Like, that. that is the fashion of it, right? Like, yeah. that's literally the only part that's fashion. And that's the thing that everybody's all, like, uppity about hand-waving, oh, my God, it's going to cost 10000 Like, that's the thing that everybody's focused on. Nobody seems to be focused on, like, I mean, to an extent, they're focused on, like, how good it will be being tethered to the phone and all that sort of stuff. But I don't, I don't know that anybody's really kind of considering that some of the emotional response that you're going to get from the device is not to do with the outside but what's on the inside. I think it'll be the whole... The the combination, like I oh of course there's the going to be stuff part. that struck me in the demos were though like those personal interactions they talked about the fact that you can heartbeat yeah and draw <laughs> little draw little pictures for your friends <laughs> and three D emoji which yeah. looked terrible but they did kind of look on the Apple Watch <laughs> <laughs> no thank you I'm note to self don't allow <laughs> don't. Jelly to be my friend when oh, we're wearing watches oh. <laughs> um I think it would be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit like you, Ben. I can't. I think it looks really cool. Like I'll maybe get one. I'm just not convinced it's going to go huge. Yeah, like I feel the same. I'm worried. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it will be huge. But I... it'll be huge because it'll I... have gift wrapped on it. I also don't want to see everyone wearing <laughs> the same watch. Watches are cool because they're all like so diverse. Imagine yeah. if everyone was walking around with an Apple Watch. That'd be lame. Don't want that. I don't know. I until we like I I kind of. I mean, I've, even I've speculated a lot in this episode and possibly in the last episode when we talked about, like, developing for the watch. That being said, I kind of... I think I'm done speculating about the the Apple Watch. Yeah, I'm happy, like, I'm happy to leave it until we get everybody some Everybody is, like, very, is very concerned with, them, with, with everything that's going yeah. on. And I, I'm just like, okay, cool. I have my information now. I know yeah. what's coming. Sure. Now I want to actually wait and see what what the actual result yeah. is because i think too much more throwing around of numbers and solid gold body and just random guesses about what's going to happen and random mm-hmm. like guesses and yeah. even like and even informed guesses like even if you're making a guess like you know that's all well and good like yay you're a jeweler so therefore you have you know more knowledge than the rest of us that's great but you're still speculating and we i i don't know i'm done yeah, you want to wait? I completely agree. I just wanted to add that bit about no. uh, fashion being part of the function because well, I think I, I think I it think applies to right? software development generally. It applies to it applies to the stuff that we're doing every day, right? Yeah. Like if you make an app that's that looks good and provides an emotional response for the people that are using it, of course they're going to, you know, they're going to find more use out so of it. Interestingly, more if love you, of it. If you do end up reading emotional design, um, the research he looked at suggested that, um. Negative emotions make you more focused, and positive emotions make you more creative. So, if this, you're designing an app where you're wanting people to approach it with a creative mindset and be thinking of all sorts of alternative approaches to things, or coming up with ideas, or um, yeah, having a lot of creativity, then you want to try and induce positive emotional responses in them and make them do something that's going to make them feel good. But if you're wanting to do an app where you really want your users focused on a specific task, and he gave in the book an example of like um, a control system for a nuclear power plant, um, you might actually do things to trigger an a emotional reaction in them, like a flashing light and loud alarm sounds. Don't want them or, to be right. too comfortable. Yeah, you don't want them <laughs> yeah, to feel okay. relaxed and happy. You want them to feel on edge. Well, you want them to feel on edge when moment. that's important. Like when yes. they're really different, like that, and that's why you have kind of those those blaring alarms that go off in f- facilities when Because yep. apparently it does down. trigger something in your brain responding differently that if you're, and they've, well, done, yeah, and they've done experiments <laughs> to prove that, it out. That's but, called panic. Yeah. <laughs> and and when you're panicking, your, your brain shuts down the periphery, the, um, systems that process peripheral information yep. um, and just allow it's sometimes called tunnel vision. You just focus on what's yeah. directly in front of you so that you can deal with it, the immediate threat. Um, but it's interesting to think about those concepts in terms of software and watches and <laughs> computers. 
something to think about. And if you haven't read that book, I like both of Donald's books. Every design of everyday things. And we will put both of their links in the show notes, and you send them to me. Okay. Speaking of, if you would like to read said show notes and find those books, you can do so by jumping onto our website. That's mobilecouch.co slash 41. If you would like to get in touch with us and tell us about how we really should be focusing less on the watch or more on the watch or more on Ben's departure. I don't know. Anyway, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email. You can do that at mobilecouch.co slash contact. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email the regular way, you can also do that. You can send it to hello at mobilecouch.co. Yep. You can get in touch with us individually as well. Jake is J McMullen on Twitter. That's J-M-A-C-M-U-L-L-I-N. Ben is Ben Trengrove, B-E-N-T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E. And I am at Jelly Bean Soup. That's J-E-L-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S-O-U-P. That's how you spell it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It's been a pleasure to talk to you yet again. We look forward to talking to you next time. We will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.